This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Love to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM along with Harvey and Joe. We're here until midnight. Then there's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Gordon, it's good to be back in our old time. And a full show, no less, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the that? last time that we've done that. Wait a minute, hold, hold on one second. Hold on one second, Gordon. I meant just ground it out again. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I'm being sarcastic because the game is over, but I'm just saying that's all they did. They grounded out, they grounded out, they grounded out, but I digress. Please, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And they almost had a Pete Alonso stolen base. Almost. <sighs> Almost. He wasn't supposed to be stealing, though. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> the ball. Yeah. Hard to believe he didn't know what, where the ball was because he was stealing. It isn't. It, that's not something he does. Who missed the hit and run sign? I don't know. I'm not exactly oh, sure. Something. I mean, the I mean, Mets make a lot. You know, for a Buck Showalter team, you think you, it's going to be really so right. buttoned up. They you make a lot so of right. mistakes on the base pass. They What's do. going on? They do. And you know what? Senga's uh, ghost pitch has been impressive. Mm. His walks have not. He walks the ballpark every outing. Gordon, he's got a small village on base all the time. He, I mean, he, he threw a hundred and a hundred and four hundred five pitches in five innings. You know, it, five walks. Yeah, I, he's not going. He's not going to be around long. I mean, this bullpen is going to be exhausted. They got exhausted. His now. home and road splits are dramatic. They are. They are. Home, they really he's, are. he's great. Road, not so much. Well, I'm sure he, much like the fo- – I mean, I turned on that game, Gordon, I mean, and this had to be a shocker for him. I turned on the game, and I thought, oh, the Bears are playing. People look at it. They got, <laughs> <laughs> they got yeah. coats. They got yeah. blankets. I mean, what is it, 30 degrees in Chicago today? It was not warm, no. It, uh, and, and some people did not dress for the weather. I saw some people in shorts, and it looked like they were freezing. But uh, They had to be. Yeah, but it's good to be back at our normal time yes, slot. A full show, you and me together. What's yes. better than where would you rather be than right here and right now? Uh, nowhere, partner. Nowhere. Go. Good to hear Dan Grasso back. Sounding good. Yes. For us. Look, that he's healthy and back on back in action again. That's good. Uh, Yankees playing well, five one up in the Bronx. Uh, you know, over over the O's, who have been, uh, you know, an interesting uh, an interesting team early in the season. But then again, you know, it's nasty Nestor, baby. <laughs> well, you know, Nestor has not really been Nestor so far this year. He has been at times, but uh, you know, overall, it, it, he has struggled a little bit this year, especially with the long ball. He did give up one tonight, but uh, mm-hmm. it was just a solo shot. He's given up just a couple of hits so far, just one walk. So things rounding into form uh, with the offense. Aaron Judge hasn't even had to even do anything tonight. I mean, he's been the guy carrying the team here for the last two weeks, but uh, Glaber Torres, a couple of home runs. IKF has a home run tonight. There I don't know go. what the hell's going on, but uh, I'll take it. Five-one Yankees as they play in the sixth. Everybody's celebrating uh, Aaron Hicks' demise. <laughs> yeah, it's, they've taken off ever since they finally got uh, they cut loose some dead weight. I, I made Joe Leo uh, upset with me, Gordon. I didn't mean to. I, I just he was very happy about IKF, and I mentioned that I saw Josh Donaldson hanging around the batting cage, and he just he, he was very upset. I mentioned just on. I heard. I don't remember which of the beat guys. Maybe it was Brian Hoke. I can't remember. Somebody had made it uh, a guess that that Donaldson and Stanton will probably be back at the start of next month. 
wasn't wasn't Stanton on the ten day <laughs> ten day yeah, they'll, IL? They'll get extended sometime. <laughs> now, he was expected to be away for a while. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember what the injury was, but I remember people saying, "Now nah, that's going to be that's going to be a while." Now Donaldson, he's had a he's almost been like Final Destination, one of those movies. If he went away for one thing, then something else happened. Then he cut his hand making a sandwich or something or other. I don't remember what it was, but. Uh, you're better he's off. had a bunch of things while he's been on the IL, and uh, we'll see when he gets back. Because, again, when we were coming into the season, Aaron Boone every year makes a prediction about what guy is going to be a surprise. His mm-hmm. pick this year was Josh Donaldson. And in fairness, nobody's been complaining about Josh Donaldson, so maybe that's what he meant. Well, it's been a surprise that he's not back yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's the surprise. Nobody's complaining. That's the surprise, that he's not back yet. So... Uh, you know, that's, that, that's the scary thing there, but I will say this and let me, it's hard to do, but let me give you some positives about the Mets, Gordon. Okay. The young players are really making me happy. And, and really when you talk, when you normally talk Mets and you normally talk about young players down on the farm, they're normally pitchers. Mm-hmm. It's very rarely that the Mets have everyday players. I mean, of course there's Pete Alonso, you know, uh, obviously Alvarez has come up. Beatty's really, really been good. Uh, and, and what's funny about Alvarez and Beatty, they came up, everybody's talking about their, their bats, their bats, their gloves are not great. Both of them have been pretty good fielders. Vientos has come up and has been good. Uh, I got to tell you, I've been very impressed with Alvarez, how he's bounced back and the adjustments he's made. Because really, Gordon, that's what it's about in baseball is the adjustments you make after they adjust to you. And they were throwing balls off the plate. He's going, he swings at everything. He swings at everything. He has really tightened up his strike zone. He understands what the strike zone is. He understands where his strengths are. And he's been a much better, much better hitter. And he's he's better than I expected him to be because of the you know the reports we had about him behind the plate. I'm going to say this right now. It's wrong. It's it's not it's not a nice thing to say. I think they should say goodbye to Gary Sanchez right now. Well, yeah, I mean, it, there's no I need to have him. Yeah, I don't know what where he fits in, uh, and it does kind of feel like. If you can get a good week out of him, I guess. I, I, I get, you know, he's not really costing you anything. And you would think that if there was ever going to be a time to play him, this would be the time. Like, do you, do we need to see Daniel Vogel back anymore? No. I no. Mean, we, uh, I'm done. The, the, when they got him last year, they thought, okay, we'll we'll platoon these two guys, and and it'll turn out, you know, the combination of the two of them, that will be a productive hitter between him and Darren Ruff. It wasn't. No. Now, he wasn't as bad as Darren Ruff, but he's basically been him this year. I mean, he's been he terrible. Been. He's been, he's so been when you call up the kids, that put that only puts the kids in where they should be. It puts Vogel back on the bench, which he, that's what he is. He is a, yes. a power bat off the bench in specific situations. And at this point, you'd have to say the same of Mark Canna. Yeah. And if it goes on much longer... Maybe Starling Marte is as well because he's been brutal. Those three guys have been so bad. There's no reason why they are not starting the kids every single day. Alvarez should be starting every single day with the exception of, you know, day game after night game. Mm -hmm. Beatty should be playing every single day. I think you should be seeing Vientos every single day. I I think they should call up Mauricio and play him every single day. I agree. I agree. Why why wouldn't you? And if you're going to play Gary Sanchez, if he's here for some reason. Well, he's for depth for catching. 
I but, but I mean, like, does anybody really want him as a catcher? No. Like, no. he's here. You, you would use him as your bat. Yes. So throw him. Give him a week or two as the DH. See if he's got anything because we already got the answer on Vogelback. Yes, we got the answer on Vogelback. There's no question about it. And and we we've got the answer on Sanchez as a catcher. Yes. He looked like <laughs> he he was vintage Yankee last night, boy. He was running to the backstop. The ball was bouncing all over the place. He was running around lost. I said, boy, I remember this. I've yeah. seen this a lot. <laughs> you know, there's this new phenomenon, Larry, where people have very short memories. Like it happened with Fournier, and it's the same kind of phenomenon with Gary Sanchez, where people are like, we want to see Gary Sanchez. It's almost like they forgot how bad Gary Sanchez was. Yeah. But if you got him, and you Put think you DH. can get something, throw him in there. Why not? Yeah, I agree. You, you know what you're getting out of Volgabach. You know what you're getting out of Canna at this point. So I don't see why you wouldn't throw him in the DH spot and 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 let the young kids play in all the other spots. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Because I mean, that's the Mets are playing better, but they're not playing that great. No. Okay, you know they're not. I mean, there's and you you pointed it out about the mistakes that they're making. They're not playing. They played Chris Baseball while I was away. They played Chris Baseball, Gordon. Uh, they did a nice job against Tampa. I mean, they played mm-hmm. really well against Tampa. Good teams, yeah. You know, so, I, you know, they're struggling right now. And tonight, I mean, Marcus Stroman had his way with them. He had he gave up one bad pitch, and that was to Alvarez, the two-run home run, and the rest was ground ball central. The Mets were pounding the ball in the dirt, pounding the ball in the dirt. And, um, you know, the hitting has been – Spotty. It's been inconsistent. Now, once again, it's still early. It's not as early as it was, but it's still early. And they're and they're in, in reach of Atlanta. And fortunately, as you've said, they're in a division where they're not gonna be, you know, they're not gonna be in last place if they go on a bad losing streak. No. But when you understand what the what the ultimate goal is for this team and the money that has been spent. This team is underperforming, Gordon. There's no question about it. It's not close. They should be better than what they are. I get the injuries. I do. I understand the the pitching problems. I get it. I get it. But the hitters haven't been hurt. No, they've just been bad. And 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 it's 50 games. I mean, they're 25 yeah. and 20. It's not a small sample size. It's no. almost a third of the season. Yeah. And, and you say, you know, they're they they should be better than this. Their run differential is minus 21. So usually that would project for a team that's below 500. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of fortunate to only be 25 and 25. Now, again, it's not the whole season. You think that we've seen plenty of teams, including the Braves a couple of years ago, be bad for a longer stretch of time. And then all of a sudden they get hot. And it's more important to just get hot at the end of the season and get on a roll into the postseason. But Given the expectations of this Mets team, even tw- even 50 games into the season, 25 and 25 is not acceptable. No, it is not. It is not. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll take your phone calls and we'll discuss a couple of other things going on in the world of sports. Gordon, I saw uh, in my perusal online today, I saw, I don't, and I don't know if this came from uh, Aaron Rodgers or not, but there is a request there's there's a picture right Aaron Rodgers and this player and he says the the caption for Aaron Rodgers from Aaron Rodgers says come to New York I'll share with you who this is it's an interesting person we'll tell you about that next on 98.7 ESPN
This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Well, I think change is always difficult, but if you can lean into it, there can be a lot of really beautiful things on the other side. I had an incredible chapter in Green Bay, and now I'm starting a new one in, in New York, New Jersey, and it's just a perfect marriage of, you know, an offense that I know, a, you know, offensive coordinator I have a lot of love and respect for, a few common teammates, and then the beauty in all the new relationships you get to form with these new teammates and get to know them and let them get to know you and your style and, and the way you play and the way you lead. And that's kind of what wakes me up in the morning is what conversation is going to come up today that's going to be fun, what new kind of new scheme we can we can teach these uh, these guys, and then what can you learn about your teammates today. Aaron Rodgers talking to Adam Shine on Sirius XM. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, don't you just hear him? He is just having a ball. He is just like, isn't it great? Doesn't get any better? Yeah, no. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's great because there's no games going on. (laughs) Yeah, that 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 generally. The old Mike Tyson line: Everybody's got a nobody. What is it? Everybody's got a plan until they get hit. That's it. That's Everybody, right. every, everything's kumbaya until the until the hits start coming in, right. in the NFL regular season. No question about it. Uh, Rogers was asked, "What defines success for you in year one?" You know, I was traded here with the idea that there's a team in place that can win a championship. And, you know, being an older player, that's what you want to do. You want to add to your legacy. And championships, obviously, really add to your legacy. So I've always said I think there's eight to ten. I think the six you mentioned uh, are all in the conversation. I think there's probably some other ones that, that deserve some uh, some love as well. You know, the AFC, you have the six you mentioned. Four of those are AFC teams. I'm obviously very strong. You have the reigning Super Bowl champs in our conference now and you know one of the best players in the league in, in patty um, and then obviously the Bengals had a great run the previous year and got a great football team in our division i think there's four really good teams we get to see kind of where we stack up in the first game of the year against my buddy josh and the buffalo bills which would be a fun way to start the season yeah I t- I, you know going we were we went through the schedule a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm and it is interesting. The end of the the, the final month is pff, I'm not even going to talk about it. But the beginning, it's interesting because, and and I'm kind of torn. If let me put it this way, if I'm a Jet fan, I want the toughest part of the schedule early, right? Right. The tough teams. Yep. Yeah, because a sometimes I maybe I can catch them. They're not they're not ready, or you know, I mean, I, I'm. I use this analogy because Steve Young said it on the K show a million times and he's so right. And I think the further we go, the because le- I don't even know if Aaron Rodgers is even going to play in the in the preseason. <laughs> the way the way things are going in preseason these days. Uh but you know, with considering that you don't play a lot of folks in preseason because of injury, uh, you know, these teams, Steve Young used to say it takes a month. The first month of the season is like the end of the of, of preseason. Mm-hmm. Gordon, they might go into the month of October now. Yeah, right. I mean, because you want you want to you want to be as strong as you can be when the season is concluding. You don't want to be you know, firing on all cylinders to start the season and then dealing with injuries, especially not with the pre. I mean, the Jets saw with uh, Zach Wilson getting hurt in the preseason mm-hmm. how much that can set you back. So. Uh, I would be surprised if you see Rodgers at any point in the preseason. I don't care about new team, new system, nothing. Uh, I don't think that you risk that when you have so much riding on that one position. 
Yep, there's no doubt about it. So, you know, I, if I'm a Jets fan, I want to see where I stack up early. I don't care what. Listen, I don't care if they're not playing their best. I want wins. I, I'm not going in for style points. Okay, I want to see where my team stacks up. I, offensively, they are. They should be. They have to be, and it's a low bar. A thousand times better than they were last year. And clearly, defensively, with a couple of tweaks and some more experience and some more depth. They can take a, another notch towards being better than they were last year. And then, listen, you, you, you know the old saying, Gordon, you stack the wins up every week, and at the end of the season, you see where you are. Yeah, and, and you're going to have to have a high stack. You know, the yeah. Jets are, are competing against the best in the NFL. They're competing against the Bills. They're competing against the Chiefs. They're competing against all those teams that don't have just expectations of a playoff win or a playoff berth or a playoff run. They're looking for Super Bowl. Uh, that's that's the goal. And and you know Aaron Rodgers can try to sidestep it or try to put it on the back burner. Oh, there's other things. There's this thing. There's that thing. The only thing anybody ever wants to hear with the Jets this year, and as long as Aaron Rodgers is here, is about a Super Bowl championship. Yep, that's what he was brought here to do. He was brought here to deliver that, and that's what he's got to do. And uh, so it it is going to be interesting. And the person that was in the picture, Gordon, was Derrick Henry. Now, I saw Derrick Henry rumored to be headed toward Buffalo. You, it's been rumored you, to, it seems like he's been rumored to places, go a lot right? of places, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, Buffalo, he would turn them around, Gordon. Can you imagine him in that offense with Josh Allen and the way they can throw the ball, even though Stephon Diggs is not going to OTAs? I don't know what that's about. But, uh, you know, he would be he could be a game changer there. Here, and of course, there was a report about uh, Brees Hall was just running. They, they hoped that he'll be ready by the start of the season. And somebody had photos of him uh, working out, sprinting on the sidelines over at OTAs, meaning that he's, you know, working himself back into shape. But I tell you, a, a, a Derrick Henry would be interesting. And once again, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying that that Aaron Rodgers sent him because you, you know, social media and the internet today is 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 as unreliable as at any time it's been it's been active. But it, it was a curious name for him to be popped into now with New York. It's funny. It feels like of all the teams that are getting mentioned for Derrick Henry, the last one that gets mentioned is the, the is the team that he's on. Yeah, <laughs> it seems, seems like that might be the last place that he's going to end up being, and, and that's a team that underwent a lot of changes in the yeah. offseason. So it would make sense if they're rebuilding or retooling on the fly, an aging running back making a ton of money. It's probably not something that uh, serves them in the best long-term interest. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Now, Gordon, you've been very quiet, but this this Miami Dolphin team is, is nothing to sneeze at on the defensive side of the ball as well. I mean, you've got strong corners. Mm -hmm. You've got, you, you know, your defense is, 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 was been pretty stout. Uh, you know, I guess the you know your major concern obviously is the quarterback, but you've got you've got some you got some playmakers on both sides of the football. Yes, they do. Um, they have some pass rushers. They they're, they're looking to to get after the passer. They make the uh, the big move obviously uh, at, at corner uh, in the off season with the trade with the Rams. So they they've got a lot of pieces that you would think. Uh, and they went out and got Vic Fangio, which might be the biggest yeah. uh, the biggest move of the off season for them because they needed somebody to kind of coordinate that defense. And that was a bold move to be able to go out there and bring in somebody with his kind of resume that he wants to work with a, a young coach in Mike McDaniel. 
Um, now, they kind of went all in last year, too. They made the trade for Bradley Chubb. They thought that that was going to get them over the hump. They were able mm-hmm. to get to the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a team that's kind of been put together to have that deep kind of playoff run. And it kind of I think it all kind of depends on the quarterback and the quarterback's health. If he can stay healthy, we shall see. But, no, I mean, between the Jalen Ramsey trade and, and the pieces that they have up front with Jalen Phillips, who's a big young player, and uh, Manny Agba is going to be back, and – they got a lot of good pieces, but a lot of times looking at it on paper in May is not how it adds. You look yeah. back and you think, gosh, how could it not been better than this? And that's been a story for the Dolphins a lot. And Vic Fangio is, you know, Rex Ryan will tell you he's the best defensive coach ever. Just ask him. He'll tell mm-hmm. you. Yes. <laughs> you, oh, as a matter of fact, Gordon, you don't have to ask him and he'll tell you. But he has the utmost respect for Vic Fangio. Mm. He really holds Vic Fangio in high regard to what his, you know, his defensive skills and ability to call a game and, you know, what he does to opposing offenses. So I think, you know, I, and I understand why you do it and you've explained it because they usually screw things up and you always bet against them and whatnot. But yes. uh, this, this Miami team is not going to be a sleeper in, in this division. I don't think so. They they shouldn't be. Uh, and the, the deal that they gave Fangio, I just want to make sure I was right about this, is for three years and almost $5 million a season. So, I mean, for a defensive coordinator who's making $5 bucks a year, that tells you that they are a team that is is all in uh, on yeah. this year. So, I, again, I think it depends on the health of the quarterback. Can he stay mm-hmm. healthy for 17 games plus? We shall see. But there, there's no question they needed to make some improvements on that defense as well. That did not – it did not um, – uh, it was less than the sum of its parts last year. They had some nice pieces, but it didn't add up to a dominant defense. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your calls when we return. Plus, Gordon and I are going to have a discussion about an athlete that I'm concerned about, and Gordon and I are going to take this from a dad's position. We'll do that next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, loss of another great talent, Gordon Damer. Tina Turner passed away yeah. at the age of 83 today. Oh, man. What a loss, man. What a voice. Oh. Tremendous talent. Tremendous talent. What a career, too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And re... And Gordon re- recreated herself multiple mm-hmm. times. Absolutely. During her career. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I, when you watched her uh, with Ike and, and the Ikeettes and, mm-hmm. you know, in the late 60s and 70s, and then going to watch her with, with What's Love Got to Do With It as a yeah. sh- shocking rocker. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Became bigger than ever at that point. Bigger right? than ever. Yeah. Bigger than ever. And then to have, and then I saw a documentary not long ago of her watching uh, her life on Broadway because they had the Broadway play Tina. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, they flew her in because she had left the country. And they flew her in to watch it. And, uh, you know, just watching her watch her career. It was it, it was it was just amazing. It was amazing. It was just an unbelievable talent. Gone too soon, my friend. Gone too soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 987 ESPN 1-800-919-3776. Uh, Gordon, I'm not even going to talk about the Yankee game right now. Let's go to Subi. Please. 
Please let's not. <laughs> I keep so trying they, to find a different button to hit on this Amazon Prime. Is there a different feed of the game someplace else? No, I'm afraid not. Subi's uh, in Midtown. Subi, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Hey guys, I was wondering with the Yan- uh, with the Mets primarily, even the Yankees. You know, they, they say all the uh, GMs, um, the Tampa Bay Rays are doing such a great job with their front office um, and analytics team. Uh, you don't really hear that from the Mets. Um, you know, everyone's been complaining about their GM, and I don't know why it doesn't get more publicity. It's not like the Rays are paying those analytics team more than the Mets. You know, the Mets can probably pay those guys even more. So, you know, the players they're getting are not on par with the other teams. Um, for example, the Cubs just, you know, they signed Stroman to a three-year deal, and Senga had a five-year deal. What's the difference? You know, they could have just had Stroman. So I'm, I'm just wondering why these analytic, uh, you know, teams like the Rays, why aren't they on the Mets? Um, and also the moves they have, the moves they, they haven't made the right moves and some other teams have, have made significant good moves, like the Diamondbacks and even the Cubs for, for, what, for what they are. That's all i got to say. All right, Subi, thanks for the phone call. Look, um, Billy Epler, Steve Cohen, and the Met Brass thought they had the best players they could put together. And the players are just not producing and they're not playing now. They're not playing well. They have known... And, Gordon, we have sat here time and time and time again. The Mets have known. And they tried to do a makeshift Band-Aid situation with getting another power bat in their lineup last offseason. And we talked about it earlier with, with Vogelback and Ruff, and they were going to do the lefty-righty tandem at the DH position. And, you know, hopefully that would solve the issue. And it just hasn't. And... Uh, that's something that they still have an opportunity to address this year, and they're going to have to. And the other thing, Gordon, I believe, is down the line, they may have to. I think they're going to have to come bring in another reliever because I think one of these guys is going to – I'm not trying to forecast it, but they've pitched so much. I'm concerned that one of them is going to get injured, right, soon. And they're going to have to make a, a add depth in that. And they may have to add depth at the starting rotation. Because Carrasco has not been good. We'll see what he does tomorrow. Uh, Singer's been up and down. Uh, the top two guys are rounding into shape, which is the way they're supposed to be. And, and I've got a guy who I haven't even seen yet this year. <laughs> I'm not going to see him until July. Yeah. Uh, it really it does say something that the Mets have by far the highest payroll in the history of the sport. And it seems like every answer to their problems is on their farm system. Yeah. Right? I mean, it really makes them look worse for spending as much money as they are when they could go and and bring up uh, Alvarez and bring up Beatty and Vientos and Mauricio, and and yet they're still spending all this money on a roster that's really poorly put together. So Billy Epler, he should absolutely be on the hot seat if this team does not fire. Uh, he certainly has all the resources, right? I mean, he can't ask for more resources than from Steve Cohen. Nope. Uh, I know Buck Showalter's never won a World Series, but it's a weird team put together-wise, and, and I don't think he's going to be the first one to take the fall. The the no. person who put this team together, it's a really – it's a weird mixing and matching, and uh, if it doesn't fire, he's going to be the guy. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. And so, once again, the concern – and listen – 
they go on a hot streak and they go in the postseason. If everything works out the way sure. it does, it, it's all under the bridge. We understand mm-hmm. that. But the road to get there is important too, Gordon. Yeah, and, no and, question. And the, yeah, and, and the road does not look good. <laughs> I'm just saying it does not look good right now. It's too up and down. This is this should be a more consistent team than that. And listen, I people are like Larry, here goes Larry again. Larry, don't you know it's baseball? Yeah, I know it's baseball. Every day something can happen. I get it. I've been watching baseball longer than I can't even tell you. But I also know, having been around and watched enough baseball to know that there's a couple of things missing from this lineup, Gordon. There's mm-hmm. a couple of things missing. And there's no aspect of this team that's complete. No. And it should be. Right. You, you would think that one part of it would be, right? The rotation. Something should be. All right, the, the lineup's weak, but the rotation is lights out, or the bullpen is fantastic. No, there's no part of the team that's complete, and you've spent, what, 300 and what is it, $60 million, whatever it's it is? Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And as far as Tampa is concerned, uh, you, take it, you tip your cap to them, Gordon. <laughs> that's what you do. You tip your cap to them. They find a way to do it every year. They find a way. And it would it would seem to make perfect sense. It would be logical to say, well, why don't the Mets just go and get the people that are running the show in Tampa and then just pay them to run the show with the Mets? The Red Sox tried that with Hein Bloom. He was the I think he was the second in command down there, and it's not worked for the Red Sox either. So mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's as easy as that. Much like it's not as easy as you just go out and spend a bunch of money on this thing and that thing and put a team together that way. I think it's 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 more complex than. Uh, us as fans sometimes realize. Gordon, time to pay off the tease. Um, every time I turn around, there seems to be something going on with John Morant. And while I was away, um, I noticed that they, a couple of weeks after just being, you know, questioned and into the Commissioner Adam Silver's office and everything and being reinstated and so on and so forth. It's never going to happen again. Then the Instagram account pops up, Gordon, and he's got a gun, right? Now we find out that police in Tennessee conducted a welfare check on mes- on the John Morant following a message on his Instagram account that said... Um, Posted and then deleted messages and pictures to social media saying, love your mom, blue heart emoji, love your pops, blue heart emoji, and you're the greatest baby girl, blue heart emoji, love you. Then followed those with a post that simply said, bye. So, Gordon, I thought we would take a minute as two dads, right, just thinking about what could, how, what could you do to reach your kid right now? Gordon, he's going through something that's really heavy. And I don't know that. And once again, I'm looking from the outside because I I don't know him. I don't know his family. I don't know him. But Gordon, there's got to be something somehow that they can reach him to be able to find out like, okay, son, sit down. Tell us what's going on. And And what made me think of this was the conversation we had yesterday in Fagrasa where you're saying, you know, I'm talking to my son now and I have to talk to him differently because the way that I was spoken to when I was his age, (laughs) it's not working. It's not working. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, gosh, if if you're his parents, what are you, what are you thinking about your kid right now? 
Yeah, it's a tough situation. Again, I don't know the family. It seems like he comes from a good family. It seems like he comes from some from from good stock and everything like that, and had a good upbringing. It wasn't he wasn't a a problem every step of the way. Hasn't had problems every step of the way. Uh, It it does feel like this is a guy who has gotten attracted to the spotlight, maybe some, and and likes the 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 dopamine hits that you get from social media and seeing how much of a reach you have and how people react to things that you do that people fall down in that hole. I I don't know if there's some sort of I know it's been kind of whispered about that maybe there's some sort of substance abuse problem behind the scenes that we don't know about. That would actually make me feel better about the situation because then at least you would have, a, okay, this is why that's happening. Yeah, yeah. Because right now it doesn't seem like there is a reason. You know, to have a situation where he gets suspended for, for putting up a video with him holding a gun, he serves the suspension and comes back and almost immediately does the same thing. Like if that's your kid and they do something and you give them a punishment and then they go back and do the same thing again, you just got told that the punishment you gave them didn't do anything. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what the answer there is. I think you'd have to be closer to the situation, but whatever the solution is, nobody's found it yet. The scary thing for me about this is, and once again, from the outside, but you wonder how much um, how much conversation input the parents have now. And, and, and let me put it in this context, and I'm not directing this towards them. I'm not accusing them of this, Gordon. But so many times when you've got a, a kid who has performed the way he's performed, and has made it big the way he's made it big as an athlete and, and do college and everything. And, you know, I'm going to buy my mom a house and I'm going to, and, and sometimes you, you you live through your kid. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? You, you oh, live absolutely. Through, you you live through how, how, how your kid's success is. Do you mm-hmm. even have that? And sometimes you enable them, you know, and, and it's hard for you now to be that parent. You know, you, <laughs> you let them go to do whatever they want to do because they were doing something for you, right? But now you want to come back and talk to them and say, hey, listen, like, what's going on? You know, what, what's happening? What, what's the deal? And they're looking at you like, you didn't care before. Why are you bothering me now? So it's, 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 it's a real tough situation. And I'm really concerned for him. I'm concerned for him because he's so young. He has a child. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's young. And he's, he's being pulled in a bunch of directions, Gordon, right? Like, he, he wants to be... You know, he he obviously wants to be cool with his teammates in Memphis and everything, but he's got his other crew, right? And the other crew, and and I say this all the time, the other crew, some of those people in the other crew, Ja, you have to let them go, okay? And I know it's not easy. I know you're seller. Oh, we rode with you. You're not one of us. Oh, you big time. I get all that, but that person videoed you with a gun knowing that you had just came out of a situation. Gordon, that can't be your friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, but at the same time, he is 23. He is a, he's a grown man. Uh, and, and, and we can give him all the help. I'm sure that there's more than enough avenues that if he says, you know what, I need help. 
that there's 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 a system of people in place between his team, his agent, his family that will be quick to react. But I, I don't think that anything can happen until he said he realizes that he needs that moment of clarity to realize there's a problem here. And, and mm-hmm. it, it's shocking that he has not realized that it's a problem because it was not just the two videos. He had that story, that story in the Washington Post yep. about him uh, being involved, like beating up a high school kid. And it seems like he's got this this chip on his shoulder for some reason. When you would think he's the last person who should have a chip on, he, he's a comp, he's he's a winner at life. Yeah, he's yeah. won at life more more so more over than any of us can even comprehend. So. I don't know what the issue there is, but there clearly is one. And until he realizes the stupid decisions that he is making and, and decides to make a change somehow, I don't I don't know how you help him. Yeah, it's 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 just crazy because I remember. Um, and you're right, he's 23, but you know, Gordon, 23. It's it's what I know. It's, it's what you've experienced, though. You know what I'm saying? It's it's. 23 is, is yeah, he's an adult. There's no question about it. He's, he's his own company. He is, <laughs> so absolutely. He's, he's his own brand. He's absolutely. his own company. Yeah, there's no question about it. But, you know, that's a, at 23, Gordon, I couldn't have handled that. I wouldn't no. know what to do. And, 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 and thinking, you know, we're just putting ourselves in the spot of the money and the, and the success that he's had. Think about, I'm sure that it, it's, he's gone through life thinking the rules don't apply to him because mm-hmm. they haven't applied to him. Right. He's been able to overcome any, you know, any doubters or, or, or questions that, he, that, that people have had about him. He, 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 people at that level, the reason they don't think the rules apply is because they haven't. Yeah. He's been able to overcome all those different types of things, and, and nobody's been able to tell him, no, you're wrong, or no, you're wrong. You're not doing the right thing here, so... I don't know when you get to this level, you'd like to think that there would be a switch that hits you and says, hey, I, I got to clean this up. I really yeah. screwed this up. But that has, it doesn't seem like that's happened as of yet. Well, I hope it does. I hope because, so, too. Because it's get, Gordon, it's getting scary. It, it's when scary. the police yep. are monitoring you mm-hmm. and they come by your house because of what you sent on social media, the concern that you have that you might be doing some further harm to yourself. Yep. Especially after you've been videoed with guns and everything, it's yep. it's just it's it's very uneasy for you know. And and this is Gordon. Listen, he's a very talented basketball player, but this is this is not about basketball. This is about his life. About his life, right? I mean, it just takes. It would if 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 a story came out and said that something happened, it would not be a shock to us because all the things that have led up to it. So, yeah, yeah when you see those 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 Instagram posts, maybe he needs to lay off the Instagram for a while. Yeah, that might be yeah. a, a good place to start. But yeah. um, you see those type of things, yeah, it, it certainly will send alarm bells, and uh, rightfully so. We'll continue the conversation on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN. I think anytime you're in a do or die situation, it forces you to build an awareness and a perspective. And so it's always been there. And I think just the perspective of understanding just a week ago, we had it. And so it's just fragile during these times. And so we just had to remind each other of that. And I thought the guys were very, they were connected. Joe Missoula lived to play another day, Gordon Damer. <laughs> Boston Celtics did kind of what I said they were going to do last night. They played well. They kept it close. I thought they were going to blow it at the end, but they blew Miami away at the end. So there is a game five tomorrow in the East between the Heat and the Celtics. And listen, 
once again, Jason Tatum was unbelievable and Jalen Brown was okay. And they just can't, they just can't seem to get the two of them on board together in a big game like that. But I will say this, uh, defensively, they were, to me, that was, aside from the shots, defensively, that was the biggest difference in the, in the two teams, Gordon. The fact that they forced all those turnovers for Miami, 16 turnovers that led to almost 30 points, and they killed them on the boards. I mean, it was a totally different Boston Celtic team. Yeah, that third quarter. Um, the, the, the Celtics have been the victim of third quarters in this series, but uh, last night it was them turning the tide there. So, uh, look, they, I thought that they did kind of have to respond after because game three was just so abysmal. I don't know that this has any carryover into to game five. We shall see. I'm not. It does feel like, boy, a lot of people are making it out like, oh, the Celtics are back. Yeah, the Celtics are right back in the series. <laughs> one game. Yeah, one game <laughs> after being embarrassed in the first three. So I, I'm not. I'm not ready to to get on the. Uh, well, I never get on the Celtics bandwagon, but you know what I mean. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not getting ready to say that there's going to be a game six or a game seven in the series. They got to show it to me. One performance is not enough to wash away that game three. And besides, if you watch Boston all year, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what they're going to do tomorrow. You have nope. no clue. They don't even know. <laughs> Coach Joe doesn't even know what team he's going to see on the floor tomorrow night. You know, um, but it's 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 just it's just really and Jimmy Butler had probably the worst game he's had all playoff. Yeah, and I would think that Miami is not going to be what was it eight for thirty five or eight for thirty two no, no, or no, something like no. that from three point mm-hmm. land again. So it almost makes me have more confidence that. Spolster is going to go into the lab and figure out what needs to be different and and close this out in five. He already has. He's been in the lab. He's been in there all night. <laughs> right. He's he's already gone. You can look at him when when he pulled his guys on the side. He was like, okay, I remember this. I saw that. You can see what he was looking at, about to look at when he went into the locker room last night. You know, he he was just he was just beside himself because they, they it was such an uncharacteristic Miami Heat game. All the turnovers, the sloppy play, uh, bad communication. I mean, people dribbling the ball off their foot. It was like, what is going on here? You didn't play that way when you played the Knicks. No. (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the thing. It's one performance, and as we said last night, these games are not connected just because that happened this this time. It starts 0-0 the next time, and I would expect that. uh, But I was surprised by the amount of people. Now, maybe it was because I was listening to the K show, and it was filtered through – Peter's fandom of the Celtics mm-hmm. that all of a sudden now things are going to be different. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're you know, Don's giving me while well, each game is 50, 50, but Boston is so much more talented. So it's more than 50, 50. So they're going to be favored in every single game. And they're playing greeny clips about how the Celtics are going to, I'm like, guys, it was one game. <laughs> it was one game. I will say this though, Gordon, if Boston's able to get tomorrow. Yeah. It does put it sure. puts a little more pressure on Miami. It puts a little bit more because you're up three zero. Now you start, now you start thinking, oh, are you going to be that team that's in history? Are we going to? But now, now I, I would say that if they you. win Game Five, then it puts more pressure on the Celtics too because the Celtics were favored heavily to win this series yeah. coming in. So if they get it to three two. Everybody is going to start thinking, well, the Celtics are going to have to win this series. They're going to be the first team to come back from down three zero and all that type of stuff. So I, I get what you're saying. It would put more 
pressure on the Heat, but I think it also puts more pressure on the Celtics because they would have to close the deal then. We'll continue our conversation with you on 98.7 ESPN.